you know, it's uh, kind of a standard practice for me and my colleagues in the whole synod and for many pastors of other denominations that, you know, around this time of the year, Advent, getting close to Christmas, a lot of times we purchase something like a sermon series or, a, uh, you know, to let someone else do the work for us so that we've got some resources already available to save us some time. And so this year, you know, we've got the Arise and Shine worship series. And today's sermon, you know, had a sermon, the sermon helps anyways, to help me save some time, had some illustration in it from the, you know, from Beauty and the Beast, and, you know, I mean, it was just dumb. And I couldn't figure out a way to make it work. And I realized this around 3 o'clock this morning. So here's what we're going to do. The reading for today is, the Old Testament reading anyway, is from Zechariah. And we're going to let Zechariah give us the law, right? And then we're going to let Matthew give us the gospel. Now, we're not going to read the whole thing. We're not going to read all of Zechariah. It's just a little bit too long to read all of it uh, in the amount of time that we have today. But I am going to read it from these few Bibles, so you can follow along if you wish. Zechariah begins on page 817 of these New King James versions. Now, what you notice about Zechariah is that he's a prophet, and we've heard from many of these prophets lately, the minor prophets, because their books are short. That's really the only reason they're called minor. But Zechariah is a little different, so he's receiving a vision from God, and if you were to read this all the way through... And uh, you'll probably even notice today, it's very, very similar to Revelation. Really bizarre stuff. And what's kind of funny, it's almost comical in a way, um, is uh, Zechariah is being shown these things of God, and he's, he's got an angel with him explaining him. And Zechariah is kind of like, you know, the angel is showing them him stuff, and, and Zechariah is kind of like, what's that? You go, what's that? You'll hear it here in a minute. We're going to begin uh, on page, or uh, verse 7 of chapter 1. On the 24th day of the 11th month, which is the month Shabbat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Iddo, the prophet. I saw by night, and behold, a man riding on a red horse, And it stood among the myrtle trees in the hollow, and behind him were horses, red, sorrel, and white. Then I said, My Lord, what are these? So the angel who talked with me said to me, I will show you what they are. And the man who stood among the myrtle trees answered and said, These are the ones whom the Lord has sent to walk to and fro throughout the earth. So they answered the angel of the Lord who stood among the myrtle trees and said, We have walked, <laughs> we have walked to and fro throughout the earth, and behold, all the earth is resting quietly. Then the angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you not have mercy on Jerusalem and on the cities of Judah against which you were angry these seventy years? And the Lord answered the angel who talked to me with good and comforting words. So the angel who spoke with me said to me, Proclaim, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am zealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with great zeal. 
I am exceedingly angry with the nations at ease. For I was a little angry, and they helped, but with evil intent. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I am returning to Jerusalem with mercy. My house shall be built on it, in it, says the Lord of hosts. And a surveyor's line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. Again, proclaim, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, My city shall again spread out through prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion and will again choose Jerusalem. Then I raised my eyes and looked, and there were four horns. Sounds a lot like Revelation, doesn't it? And I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these? So he answered me, These are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. And I said, What are these come? What are these coming to do? So he said, These are the horns that scattered Judah, so that no one could lift up his head. But the craftsmen are coming to terrify them, to cast out the horns of the nations that lifted up their horn against the land of Judah to scatter it. Let's skip the part about the guy with the measuring line and go down to chapter 3, vision of the high priest. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, this is Zechariah speaking here, Let them put a clean turban on his head. (laughs) So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him, and the angel of the Lord stood by. Yes, I'm not making this up, right? Then the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways, and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house, and likewise have charge of my courts. I will give you places to walk among these who stand here. Hear, O Joshua the high priest, you and your companions who sit before you, for they are a wondrous sign. For behold, I am bringing forth my servant, the branch. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua. Upon the stone are seven eyes. Here we go with Revelation again. Behold, I will engrave its inscription, says the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, everyone will invite his neighbor under his vine and under his... Now, I want to skip to chapter 5. Then I turned and raised my eyes, and I saw there a flying scroll. And he said to me, what do you see? So I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is 20 cubits and its width 10 cubits. Well, that's a pretty big scroll. Then he said to me, this is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole earth. Every thief shall be expelled according to what is on this side of the scroll. And every perjurer shall be expelled according to what is on that side of it. I will send out the curse, says the Lord of hosts. It shall enter the house of the thief and the house of the one who swears falsely by my name. 
it shall remain in the midst of his house and consume it with its timber and stones. Then the angel who talked with me came out and said to me, lift your eyes now and see what this is that goes forth. So I asked, what is it? And he said, it is a basket that is going forth. He also said, this is their resemblance throughout the earth. Here is a lead disc lifted up, and this is a woman sitting inside the basket. Then he said, this is wickedness. And he thrust her down into the basket and threw the lead cover over its mouth. Then I asked, or then I raised my eyes and looked, and there were two women coming with the wind in their wings, for they had wings like the wings of a stork, and they lifted up the basket between earth and heaven. So I said to the angel who talked with me, where are they carrying the basket? And he said to me, to build a house for it in the land of Shinar. When it is ready, the basket will be set there on its base. I want to skip now to chapter 9. Well, first of all, yeah, go, go to page 822. Women in baskets, flying scrolls, Joshua with filthy garments. You know, what does this all mean? And what could it possibly mean for you and me today? Yeah, this is a vision of, you know, of old, right? Well, this is the Lord once again visiting on Israel's iniquity, sending them warnings through his prophets. And the thing about it is, is that, you know, Israel, the people were their own worst enemy. And you know the story. They prostituted themselves out to the other gods of the lands of Baal and Assyria and Babylon. They married men and women who were not of the faith or who did not believe in Yahweh, the Lord of hosts, right? The Lord of Abraham and Jacob. And they mixed in with the, the Israelites, mixed in with all the, with the other gods and beliefs of the, of the lands. So, they refused to listen to the prophets. They were their own worst enemies. And I'm here to tell you today, well, I don't have to remind you, but I feel that I should, that in the Christian church today, we are our own worst enemy. Take a look around you. Well, rejoice in those who are here, right? It's wonderful that so many of you are here. There could be a lot more. And not just at this church, Every church, of every denomination, there could be more. But people are their own worst enemy. They deny themselves the blessings that God has to give them in the service through word and sacrament. If we had the Lord's Supper, you know, that's deny themselves the forgiveness of sins for whatever reason. Usually it's something along this line. Well, I'm willing to admit I've got a few problems, but I'm fine, and everyone else, it's everyone else's problem. That's why I don't participate in the worship of life of the church. You know, last night I pulled a seven-hour shift at the live nativity in downtown Sherwood. To my joy, it's a great thing to do. I realize some of you have participated in that in previous years. Perhaps you've been to one, 
You've been to them all. You should know, however, that your church has a very viable outreach opportunity at the live nativity in Sherwood, and I, can, I intend to keep doing it. I love seeing the preschool students come up to me who, you know, five or six years ago, you know, they, they, they think, Pastor Don, do you remember me? Uh, yeah, what's your name again? <laughs> but, you know, that they would come up to me and want to talk to me is, is a great joy. I'm also reminded at these events, though, that uh, we are our own worst enemy. Because it always happens every year that someone will come up to me that was a member here of this church. And, uh, you know, it happened again last night. Oh, Pastor, how are you? Okay, well, I need to back off from you, otherwise your breath is going to make me drunk. Yeah, we don't, sorry, we don't come to church anymore. Well, you're your own worst enemy. Why would you deny yourself the forgiveness of sin or to hear about it repeatedly? But there is hope. There is hope. And a glimmer of it comes in Zechariah chapter 9. Verse 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea. And from the river to the ends of the earth. That, my friends, is a promise. There's a promise attached to these oracles against Israel. And it's a promise that was fulfilled in Matthew. So that's where we're going to go next. Page 833. All right, I'm going to skip the genealogy. And go to uh, chapter 18, or I'm sorry, verse 18. It's been a long morning already. Christ born of Mary. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Matthew uh, is kind of a short version of the birth of Jesus. You can find a much more detailed one in Luke, which we will hear uh, later on this month. Uh, but anyways, if you notice, 
The prophecy is fulfilled. This is a prophecy from, not from Zechariah, but a similar prophecy, right? Uh, actually, we didn't read it in Zechariah, but there's another part in there about uh, uh, your king shall come riding on a donkey. Well, we, I guess we did hear that, didn't we? Um, but these prophecies are fulfilled. And then if you back up a little bit here in Matthew, you also see he will save his people from their sins. Verse 21. There's the hope we have, folks. Jesus will save us from ourselves. If we are our own worst enemy, then what hope do we have of saving ourselves? None. But Jesus can, and he does. He was born on Christmas to live and die and rise again for you and me to save us and give us eternal life. Forgive us all our sins and give us the kingdom that he made for us, for our benefit and for, to his joy. So, my friends, you find yourself your own worst enemy. You know, the problem with that is, is that often we don't realize it. We think, well, you know, I'm fine. Everyone else has got a problem. And I probably sound like I'm saying that myself right now, right? Yeah, that's kind of the way Lutheran preaching is. As the pastor, I've got my act together, uh, but you all need to hear this. But the thing is, is that I am my own worst enemy as well. We're all in the same boat. What hope do I have? The same as you. Jesus, born on Christmas, died and rose again on Easter for you and me. It's as simple as that, folks. So, may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ.